The following message is brought to you by Morgan Hill Bible Church. For all things MHBC, connect with us on social media and check us out online at mhbible.org. Good morning, everyone. My name is Anthony. I'm the student pastor here at Morgan Hill Bible Church. Hey, guys. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I got the call on uh, Thursday, Thursday evening. So if this goes wrong, eh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. This is an intriguing idea to me because out of everybody I've ever known, anybody I've ever talked to, no one disagrees with this. Christians, atheists, agnostics, every culture in the world has some sort of saying, some sort of proverb about pride, about arrogance, and how if you are full of pride, if you're full of arrogance, you're primed for a fall. I think one of the clearest examples of this idea, this principle, is found in sports where someone gets a little bit too prideful, someone gets a little bit too arrogant, someone gets a little too much flashy, too much showmanship, and then they fail. And so I actually have a clip for you guys. It's from a baseball game. It's not baseball. It's uh, of a race between a fan and a more competitive runner uh, that takes place in between innings. And it shows off a little bit of pride. So if we could get that video... They give, the, they give the fan just a little bit of a head start. He's going, he's moving. And then you have this competitive runner in a Frozone superhero costume running. And he's catching. Guy doesn't know. And then he thinks he's going to win. Throws his arms up. Gets past. And falls. Pride comes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. This fan throws his arms up, thinks that the, the fans are cheering for him. He says, look at me. Look at how great I am. Look how fast. I'm going to beat this guy. Clap for me. Cheer for me. Praise me. Worship me. And then he looks to his left and immediately falls. This happens all the time in sports. Maybe it's the football player who's got the easy touchdown, who's three yards from crossing the end zone and drops the ball because he thinks he's already scored. Maybe it's the baseball player who hits a triple, gets up, gets excited, jumps off the base, and then gets immediately tagged out. Or maybe it's the runner who thinks he's miles ahead, starts to showboat, trips, and falls. I'm pretty confident all of us here have a story similar to that where we got excited, where we got overconfident, where we got a little bit prideful, a little bit arrogant. We tried to do a little bit too much showmanship, and we failed. Pride got the better of us. Maybe it's not a story we like to tell or we tell often, but I'm sure all of us have a story where our pride overtook, overtook us. We all struggle with this sin of pride. We think ourselves more highly than we ought to or should. We think too highly of our achievements more than we ought to or should. Sometimes we think of ourselves as the greatest thing since sliced bread. And when we do this, when we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to, we think we're better than other people. We get this disdain for other people. 
When we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to, we think we should be praised, we think we should be worshipped for who we are and what we've done. We're in the book of Proverbs, and we're continuing our Wisdom of Life series. And today, we're talking about the wisdom, the issue of pride. The application of our knowledge about pride, what it is and what it means. Proverbs has quite a lot to say about the prideful, the arrogant. And so let me just read off a few verses for you. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 18, verse 12. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty but humility comes before honor. The definition of haughty is this arrogant superiority and this disdain, this disgust, this disrespect for other people. And I really like that that definition. I like that, that that the sin of pride is this arrogant superiority and this disdain for other people. This idea that because of who I am, because of my accomplishments, I am just better than other people and they are worthy of, of disdain, that because of my physical body, because I go to the gym, because I work out three times a day, that those people who don't, they're gross. I'm better than they are. That because of my intellect, because I have 17 degrees, because I went to this college, because I have this job, I'm better than other people who don't have those degrees, who didn't go to college. That because of my paycheck and the dollar amount that I get, I'm better than people who make less than me because of my car, because of my house, because of my kids, because they get straight A's, because they get to a good college, they go to good school. I'm better than other parents. Now, let me make a distinction here between those, between some things. It is fully okay to be proud. It's a good thing to be proud of your kid and their accomplishments. To, to, to work hard, to reach your goals, to get the promotion, to have the car, to have, those are, those are good things to be proud of. But there's a difference between pride, or between, between being proud and being prideful. See, proud is saying, great job. You worked hard. You did it. Excellent. Prideful says, because you did those things, you're better than they are. Do you see the difference? Do you understand the difference between being proud and being prideful? And so we have to be careful to not let our proudness, if that's a word, turn into pride. Let me, let me tell you a story that kind of displays this a little bit. Let's look at the story of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet of God, found in the Old Testament. He was directly told by God to go to the city of his enemies, the Ninevites. The Ninevites were a people group. They were part of the Assyrian Empire, which were longtime rivals, longtime enemies of Israel. And the Assyrian Empire was known for their brutal treatment of their enemies, of slaves, of uh, uh, prisoners of war. And so Jonah was tasked by God. God said, arise, go to Nineveh, go to the great city and call out against it for their evil has come up before me. Basically, God told Jonah, go to the city of your enemies because I, God, have seen their wickedness, have seen their wrongdoings and tell them to stop. Jonah, a prophet of God, a mouthpiece of God, where God would speak to Jonah and Jonah would go speak to the people. That was Jonah's one job. Jonah said, no, I'm going to run in the opposite direction. 
Jonah then gets swallowed by a great fish, hangs out with the fish for three days, then gets vomited up back up on land. God again says, Jonah, go to this city. And Jonah says, fine, but I won't be happy about it. And then he goes to the city, preaches a simple message. The city believes him, turns to God, repents, and is saved. Jonah is very unhappy about this. So Jonah goes to a hill that overlooks the city and just waits, waits for them to do something wrong again so that maybe God will then destroy them. Jonah has this very deep-seated issue of pride. He believes himself and his fellow Israelites are simply better than the Ninevites. So great is his disdain for them that he would rather die in the first place than even giving them the chance to repent. And then in chapter 4, verse 2 and 3, Jonah's having a conversation with God, and he says this. He says, that is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. That's why I ran away. For I knew that you're a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah has such disrespect, such disgust for these people that he would rather die than live in a world where they are shown forgiveness. How crazy is that? This is where pride can lead us if we're not careful. You see, Jonah is a human like you and me, a flawed human being with a sin problem. The Ninevites are humans just like you and me, a flawed human being with a sin problem. But Jonah thought he was better. Jonah thought the Israelites were better because the Israelites were God's chosen people. See, when God made a covenant with Abraham, he said, you're going to be my people. I'm going to be your God. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to those around you. Well, as you go down through the generations, the Israelites believed this something to be proud of, of God's chosen people. It had turned from proudness into pride where they just thought they were better than everyone else and held, had disdain for other people. Where they were supposed to be a blessing to the nations around them, they turned out to be a cancer. And so we as Christians, we cannot allow the fact that we are Christians to go to our heads and make us prideful. Let me speak to myself here. So I'm gonna point the finger at myself. I want to say some truths. We as Christians cannot get the idea that we are better than other people, that because of our achievements, we're better than other people. We cannot have disdain for other people. So politically speaking, because an election's coming up, I don't care where you stand. I think you can stand anywhere as a Christian. But Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, if you think the other side is ruining America, if you think, how could anybody in their right mind ever vote for those people? You're practicing, you're wrestling with the sin of pride because you're saying, how could anybody in their right mind, only crazy people, only people whose brains aren't working right could vote for those people? You're wrestling with the sin of pride if that's what you think, if that's what you believe. If you think the older generation, whatever that is to you, 
is the cause for all the crises we have, is the cause for all the problems in the world, or is the cause for every good thing that you don't have. You're wrestling with the sin of pride. If you think the younger generation, whatever that means to you, is lazy, doesn't want to work, hasn't accomplished the same things you've accomplished at their age, you're wrestling with the sin of pride. If, if you believe, and, and you're a fan of the San Francisco 49ers, and you believe that you're better <laughs> than Seahawks fans, you're right, obviously, of course, yes. <laughs> obviously. No, of course not. We as Christians are flawed human beings with a sin problem. Core to the doctrine of Christianity is there was a problem with us and we couldn't fix it. So that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came and died on a cross. So while we're not perfect, we serve a God who is. And as I was thinking about this, this idea of pride, this idea of thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to, of thinking of our achievements more highly than we ought to, that when we believe ourselves to be better and our achievements to be better, we believe we're to be praised for who we are and what we've done. So I was thinking about this. This is, this is clearly wrong for me to think of myself to be praised for who I am and what I've done. It's wrong for me to think of other humans in this way, but is there anyone in all of existence who should be praised and worshiped for who they are and what they've done? Yes. I believe the answer is yes. I believe the answer is clear. It's God. And so how my brain works, all right, if I'm not supposed to have pride in myself, I'm supposed to have pride in God. I'm supposed to be very proud of God. I'm supposed to boast. I'm supposed to worship and praise this God who is worthy. Look what God himself says in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Let's not be proud Let's not have pride in our riches. Let's not have pride in our wisdom. Let's not have pride in our strength. But the only thing that we are supposed to boast in is to boast in the Lord. Look what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 8. Though I myself, this is Paul speaking to Christians, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Paul's saying if, if there's anybody who is worthy, who is able to have confidence, who is able to have pride in him and what he's done, I, Paul, do. If anyone's to have pride in who they are and what they've accomplished, I do. And then he lists out the reasons why. On the eighth day, circumcised on the eighth day, as per Israelite tradition, of the people of Israel, as we already talked about, these are God's chosen people. Paul says, of the tribe of Benjamin, meaning he could draw his ancestry, he could draw his bloodline to Benjamin, one of the 12 sons of Israel. A Hebrew of Hebrews, the best of the best. 
as to the law of Pharisee, meaning he knew the law, he had memorized it, he knows it, he knows it front to back, he knows the law better than anyone. As to zeal, as to passion, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under a law, blameless. But whoever, or but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, that by any means possible, I may obtain the resurrection of the dead. When I listen to Paul there, the only thing Paul takes confidence in, the only thing Paul boasts is in Jesus. To boast, to be proud, to praise, and to worship God, I think that's the only thing we as humans can ever actually do. That's the only thing we can ever actually boast in. I think God is the one and only person, one and only being in all of existence that we can take pride in, that we can praise and we can worship who God is and what God has done. That's what, that's what it is. That's what it's about. Paul says, I had everything. Everything you could ever want, everything you could ever gain, everything you could ever be, every achievement you could ever achieve, I had it and it counts as nothing. It's loss, it's null, it's void. It doesn't matter in comparison to the sake of Jesus. But oftentimes, we as humans lose sight of this. We get forgetful. We take our eye off the ball. This year, one of the best movies I've seen in a long time came out. Top Gun, Maverick, I'm sure many of you have seen it. I've seen it once in theaters, but I know several people who have seen it two, three, four, even five times in theaters, and they've recommended to me that, hey, I know you've seen it once, but trust me, it only really gets good after the fourth time. And I'm like, That's, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. And so they, 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 they boast in this movie and saying I should go see it again. Football season just started. So that means fantasy football just started. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot of friends who not only play in one fantasy football league, but two and three and four. And they, every year they try and get me to play. And I'm like, I just, I'm just not good. I'm going to lose. And they want me to join so they can beat me. <laughs> but every year they keep on asking. I think just here, I think we have like an adult league. I think we have a high school league and a junior high league all playing. It's, it's crazy. And then still... I still have friends, and I'm a big nerd, so they want to talk about Lord of the Rings. A new Lord of the Rings show came out, and a lot of people are recommending it to me and talking about it and, and want me to watch it, and they're boasting in this TV show. And so the reason I bring these up is because we as humans, when we go and see something, when we watch something, when we participate in something fun or that we find enjoyment in, we're, we're made for community. God made us for community, and so we want other people to join in. So we boast about those things. We boast in movies, in fantasy leagues, in TV shows. When was the last time you recommended a movie to someone? When was the last time you recommended a TV show? A vacation spot? A nice place to go to for food, a restaurant? So we're great at boasting about things, but my question to you is, when was the last time you boasted about the Lord? 
When was the last time you boasted about Jesus? When was the last time you recommended Jesus to someone? When was the last time you boasted about the church, your community group, and the Bible study you're going through? We're great about boasting about lots and lots of different things, TV shows, movies, sports, whatever. But are we great? Are we okay at boasting about God? What are you more proud of? The movie you just watched or what Jesus has done within you in your life? For me personally, I know the answer. Clearly, it's Jesus. But if I'm honest, my life doesn't always look like that. There's a lot of times in my life where Jesus is supposed to, where God is supposed to have this prominent place, this top priority in my life. And then because of my pride, I'm like, God, I think I know better. God, I think I can do this better. God, you made me pretty great and pretty awesome. I think I can take it from here. That never goes really well. But how great, how amazing is God that he still loves us, that he still cares about us. As Jonah would say, every time I do that, as Jonah would say, I knew or I know that you're a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. I'm a flawed human with a sin problem. So praise God that he is perfect and he is who he is. So where does this leave us? What can we take with us for tomorrow and the next week? And beyond. We as humans, we have this problem of thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. So the solution, I think, is not to take pride in ourselves, but to take pride in God. Is to be so devoted, so in love with Jesus that there is no room left for our ego, no room left for our pride. As Jesus would say, we are to love God with all of our hearts, minds, souls, and strength. And if we love God with everything that we absolutely are, there is no room for anything else. There's no room for us. There's no room for pride. We serve a good, gracious, and loving God who is better and greater than all of us. And so if I told you just just don't be prideful, what are you going to do? You're going to be prideful. Just like if I was to say, don't imagine a giant purple rhino on a unicycle juggling flaming chainsaws. That's the first thing you're going to picture. So if I tell you don't be prideful, then you just don't be prideful and then you're going to do it. But if I tell you, so devote yourself to God. So devote yourself to loving him with absolutely everything that you are. And loving your neighbor as yourself, there's no room for any pride left for you. As Paul would say, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've achieved. It's all counted as loss for the sake of gospel, for the sake of the gospel, for the good news of Jesus. So let's do that. Let's put God in his rightful place because he is the only one who is worthy of praise and worship for who he is and what he's done. Let's pray. Lord, I am so grateful, I am so thankful that you are a gracious God, that you're merciful, that you're slow to anger, and that, Lord, you are simply good and you forgive. 
Lord, help us all here in this room listening to this, Lord. Help us so devote ourselves to you with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our souls, all of our strength, Lord, that we are so devoted to you, we're so in love with you that, Lord, we have no energy left for pride in ourselves. Lord, you, you're good and your mercies endure forever. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation with us on social media. Never miss a message and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.